And I found in doing individual one-on-one coaching without a mission, we're running around with our head cut off because then I'm gonna do whatever the news told me to do this morning or be outraged over this or this. You've got to have the mission. Hey, uh, good day and welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. I am here with my good friend, Josh. Hey, everybody. And uh, today, boundaryless coaching, what does this mean? It's not what you think it is, and you better listen because this is where things are going and for us to understand what it looks like to coach and to consult outside of boundaries, we need to know this going forward. So uh, what do you got this what do you got today Josh? Sure, I was reading uh, Psalm 119 this last week and this one jumped out because I knew what we were talking about in terms of boundaries. I thought this was very interesting. Psalm 119:94 to 96 verses 94 to 96. I am yours, save me for I have sought your precepts. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I contemplate your decrees. I have seen a limit to all perfection. Again, good notes for the world around us, but your command, this version says without limit. Mine at home, NIV, says without boundary. So mm-hmm. if we think about it, even um, the way God instructs us is to think through his laws, his decrees, his ways, which are beyond kind of human con- contemplation and beyond boundary. And so I think as we think about business, um, there's man-made boundaries I think we put up. We're going to talk about how to take those down, think Absolutely. beyond them, move beyond them, work beyond them, deliver value beyond mm-hmm. the boundaries maybe we've put in place for ourselves. So. And, and the thing I love about being a, I don't want to say the thing I love about being a Christian, but I think where things go wacky in business and even in life, we'll come up with rules. I don't know who creates the rules <laughs> or we do it or whether it's through tradition or how we're set. And what we see over and over and over again Mm -hmm. is if we create rules that don't coincide with reality or don't coincide with God's plans, eventually we're going to be really doggone frustrated. Yep. Yeah, no, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. Certainly I've had ideas of what I think I'm supposed to do and set some rules and boundaries in place and Mm -hmm. God finds a way to knock those down. Or sometimes I think I'm heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I know everything. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like... Oh, God says nothing about this. This I didn't break some overarching law. It's just like God says, no, that's not how it's going to be. He mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, God is neither a Republican nor a Democrat. He is neither an American nor a Russian. He is. It's one of those things that things transcend. And even amongst businesses, you see certain businesses. Oh, I've done great for fifty years, and then all of a sudden they go out of business. Think Kodak. Yeah. Oh, yep. it used to be a huge company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I've worked with people who have been stuck in ways of doing business for sure. I mean, you know, people who were successful in the 80s couldn't translate that to the 2000s and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, right? Because the world changes. And so there's boundaries around which we form, you know, as humans, I think, for protection and for habits and idols um, that are not always helpful. So we're going to talk about how to take so those down. So let, let's define this first. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we, we said boundaries. Uh, now, boundaries can mean a zillion different things. The context. What context are we talking about regarding a boundaryless, boundaryless coaching consulting business? What are we talking about? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's obviously there's there's you can't you have to have healthy boundaries, right? There's there's good boundaries, but I think what we're talking about um, <clears throat> is thinking about the ways that uh, we have maybe falsely set up boundaries around our businesses that they don't have to necessarily. So uh, uh, offshoring or outsourcing is, mm-hmm. is a great example, right? We've, you've found ways to, we'll talk about that today, um, 
finding ways to think beyond the boundaries of of national, international, or linguistic sort of boundaries, right? There's there's cultural boundaries, there's industry boundaries, there's, um, you know, ways to think about piecing together value streams across different organizations that are, you know, we've talked a little bit about that in the past. So I think what we're trying to do is challenge the boundaries around us to see where new opportunities might exist. and then, you know, Either be new boundaries or how our business exists, mm-hmm. uh, structures, how it's set up. Mm-hmm. Are we always going to be nine to five, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, with workers from Yakima, Washington, which is where we're recording this. Or mm-hmm. are we always going to sell this one widget because we've always sold this one widget? Think of Kodak, who has always sold photography film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are they going to die on that hill are they going to evolve into something else what does that look like well another example i've been noting recently in the in the media has been um you know interestingly netflix displaced blockbuster and right now netflix is kind of becoming a commodity and they're having a lot of trouble you know in, in a space that is now very crowded and commoditized and and how if they will find a way to evolve or be acquired um remains to be seen because there are lots of other services just like them now and well and netflix is a great example i'm glad you brought that up they went towards the streaming mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. and they had it it was just them and mm-hmm. they knocked the socks off of mm-hmm. everyone For a little while. and mm-hmm. everyone saw what they did and this is even if you sprint to the lead in the race Everyone saw what Netflix was doing, mm-hmm. whether it be Hulu, Paramount, YouTube TV, mm-hmm. you name it. There's what, Disney. T- Disney Plus. There's like 10 plus services. Everyone's going to go in that direction. Yeah. And you know, that not part of this podcast. Why did Netflix get walloped? They got a little cocky and some other things. They made some bad moves. But... That's a really good example of, you know, boundaryless business. What happens? You know, they were a mail order DVD company that all of a sudden went streaming. Yeah. Well, and, and they, um, you know, as we'll talk about, boundaries are, are always being reset in the world of business and life. And so I think it's continually trying to challenge ourselves on what we think the boundaries are because um, those boundary lines are being moved whether we want to them to or not yeah right and that's mm-hmm. where there you know there's generational cyclical effect of business where just because one company displaced others doesn't mean it's forever you know not likely going to be displaced by someone else now i'm going to ask you a question here because mm-hmm. someone might say well we got to always be evolving to whatever is next mm-hmm. to a degree that's true but i would also say sometimes we shouldn't evolve we need to stay what 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 makes us Special. How do you know in terms of yeah. business, when do we evolve and when do we say, no, this is what we're all about? Yeah, no, and I've worked in a lot of companies like that, both as a consultant and an internal strategist. You know, the best ways that seems to work is you have to remember when 80 to 90% of your people are dedicated to the here and now. You can't, and, and they're also, in many times, their their mentality is not to be continually evolving, right? Mm-hmm. People also are very security-minded, right? They like to have a job. They like to have clarity over their role and the fact that they can take care of their family and live out whatever values they want to live out um, with their paycheck to be, you know, what it is or hopefully incrementally improving over time. Um, and so I think 
you know, there's I've been in organizations that have been unable to challenge the boundaries because of the fact that they sort of eat their young, if you will. <laughs> they, eat their, they eat their own young of the new, of the new ideas. You right? know, that, that, that's such a brilliant yet horrible illustration. Yeah, well, I, you are spot true. on. But it's true. But, but so you have to think about how to carefully challenge the boundaries but protect the team that you're sending out to challenge those boundaries so that they're capable of going to going to scout the boundaries without being shot from behind by everyone else who's standing behind the wall going hey that don't that's that's going to put our wall at risk over there i'm going to shoot you in the back while you're over there by mm-hmm. the boundary seeing what's around you know f- forging around for some new ideas so I, I think there's a both and right to to caring for your business and then in terms of there's a there's an incremental process around in, innovation and in, incubation where you've got to protect those that r&d effort if you will um until it becomes you know okay like Hey, something could change in our business. Let's dedicate 5% of our funding to that. Okay, now when something meets this certain standard, we're going to increase the funding to it. And there's a gating process you can build as a culture and an industry that's appropriate. But, um, but yeah, no, I've seen it work, and I've seen it definitely not work. Well, there are some amazing horror stories yeah. of it not working. And I've been eaten, by the way. Oh, and it's, and it's I was the fun. young who was eaten. That's how I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, so as we're looking into, okay, you know, what what is what does boundaryless business look like? And and the story I'll tell was, you know, as we were working on our medical supply, we had about I would say twenty five employees, maybe maybe fifteen employees at this time. And I and I shared uh, last week at the time we lost four hundred thousand dollars because I made a dumb billing mistake. So I'm like, I need to outsource this thing. And when I said outsource my billing, I mm-hmm. didn't outsource it to another country. I outsourced it to Ohio of all places. But my pastor, I was like, I literally was conflicted because I was so pro, it's always going to be local. It's always going to be local. And my pastor said to me, Eric, does anyone come to your store because your billing is located in Yakima? No, of course not. They come because we are located in Yakima. So he goes, are they going to know that your billers are in Ohio? Well, no. Are they going to do a better job? Yeah. And so for us... When deciding to break down boundaries in business, number one is mission. What is your mission, my biz mission, the companies we work, what is their mission? So for us, our mission did not change, mm-hmm. taking care of the community of Central Washington with high-quality home medical equipment. That is the number one thing we need to ask when reevaluating boundaries. Because sometimes if I ask you to change your mission, yeah, we should really sit down and talk about it mm-hmm. but if it's it's if it's like a secondary or tertiary thing i don't think we have to be close-fisted about that and when i look back and i'm like well that's a that was an easy decision mm-hmm. outsource my billing to ohio and now it's gone on to the country of georgia and india i still have billers in in ohio as well as south carolina and the philippines but it's mm-hmm. one of those things we, things have morphed over the last decade mm-hmm. our stores are all here what does that look like in terms of boundaries yeah no and that, that's a great example I and mean, what did you find um as you began what were some of the challenges you you encountered when you did that in terms of either cultural changes oh, yeah. internally Good question right mm-hmm. or or business. I mean, even if your customers didn't directly get affected, maybe they did. Um, what were some of the challenges? Because sh- certainly it wasn't. Oh, okay, I decided to do it, and it was all rosy after that, right? I mean, well, it, I had to do things differently because okay. typically when there was a problem, I'd say, "Hey, yo, uh, hey, Tracy, wh- how how are we handling this claim?" And I would 
you know, yell across the store or walk over to her desk. Right. That this was pre-Zoom. I mean, we'd have to get on a phone call and say, "Hey, what's the process of this claim, or what does this look like?" Mm-hmm. And I had to change the way, you know. Oh, so you had to change. I had to change, yeah. and that was hard. Yeah, and well, that maybe that's the um, that might be the lesson in all this for us. Probably a good nugget is is knowing that we, the leaders, folks listening to this, are the ones who need to be ready to change. It's not about mm-hmm. dictating, you know, new changes for everyone else, which. That's part of part of leadership too, you know. But I think you got to, again, as we talk a lot about on this podcast, starting with yourself, what things do you need to think differently about? Mm-hmm. How do you? And, but this is also where what non-negotiables should we not change? Yeah. What should we be open to changing? We should be open to changing, and I also imagine there's probably a process depending on the complexity of the decision, in terms of the boundary, you might be challenging any given time. There's probably unintended consequences. So I suspect to both. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, you're so, spot so, on. so the danger is is if you have, first of all, assuming for a second you've chosen the right non-negotiables, which is a big if, but let's assume that for a second. I think the challenge could be that you might unintentionally impact your non-negotiables by trying to tackle a complex challenge over in the negotiable space because they're inter- they're interlocked. So you got to be really thoughtful around how the downstream effects are gonna. Mm-hmm. run through the company. And I, right? I would say, number one, yeah. all of us need to be very clear what is our mission mm-hmm. of our business, mm-hmm. of our family. Of And here's an example. Our mission for our medical supply is serving the community of central Washington. Mm-hmm. And I, I could go on and on. Well, when we outsource some of our billing, some of our workers just went nuts. Our mission is serving central Washington. Yeah, we don't have any retail stores elsewhere. So you, I had to find out, I had to define what I thought was outrageously clear. Yeah, this is where our stores are, but our workers do not have to be here. Mm-hmm. Now, those pushing up against it were threatened for their job, and they shouldn't have been, but they were. Yeah. And a lot of it's defining that. In some of my growth coaching, I've talked to people. I'm like, okay, wh- what, what's your family's mission? Well, we don't have one. And then I'm like, oh, let's look deeper at that. And I found in doing individual one-on-one coaching without a mission, we're running around with our head cut off because then I'm going to do whatever the news told me to do this morning or be outraged over this or this. You've got to have the mission. Yeah. Yeah. A family mission, a personal mission, professional mission, business mission. Absolutely. And if we don't have that, then we can't talk about boundaryless coaching because if if we see boundaryless... Well, some people who like change, they're going to get all excited. Right. But people who don't like change, them fighting words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to throw a fit. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think it's recognizing that and, and trying to, you know, again, find the middle ground between those two extremes, right? Knowing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear this, whether you hear boundaryless and you get riled up because you think it's a good, the best thing ever because you can change everything or, or the opposite, you know we're not advocating for either extreme, right? There's a, there's a middle ground here that I think we're trying to help folks see and, and just challenge their own beliefs around um, boundaries they may be encountering. Yeah, and it, there are there are times when we do need to look at, hey, what boundaries might need to be changed? Um, so for example, earlier this year, I went to the Philippines for the first time. We've had team members in the Philippines or outsourced employees in the Philippines for, oh, I'd say two, three, four years. Um, it was it was amazing. I was nervous to go, and but it was like, what what am I worried about this? They're just like you and me. They live in a different country, you name it. And mm-hmm. even last night, I just booked our second trip to the Philippines, and 
I'm going with my 10-year-old son. Just the two of us, we're going to go hang out and work with our team. But it's one of those things, sometimes we get so worried, and you don't have to make a major change to start. I'm not saying you need to pivot from, let's use Kodak, from, uh, from film photography to streaming media or you don't have sometimes you can start really really small mm-hmm. there's a number of times where you start hey when we outsourced our first employee we literally did one mm-hmm. we're going to do one to just make sure it works and if it didn't hey we're not going to do it mm-hmm. um, i've opened stores and i opened a store in west valley yakima it did not work thank god i was on a month-to-month lease and other things happened i learned a lot from that we only had it open for two months because it was kind of one of those pop-up Christmas stores Mm -hmm. and it just did not work. So then I was like, okay, I'm glad I limited our investment. We only lost about $5,000, but I learned a lot from it. So when we talk about boundaryless business, boundaryless coaching, boundaryless, uh, what does that look like? How do we figure that out? So when you're working with businesses, what do you look at? You know, whether to expand, contract, to move, not to move, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think um, like anything, it's it's looking at the current state, right? Mission, vision, values, also leadership potential and mm-hmm. capacity, right? I think there's, um, I've noticed different leaders certainly have a wide range of skills and um, capacity, and so the way that I probe and push and offer questions will will vary based on what I perceive to be the capacity of the leadership to really think differently about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, just, I led an offsite with a team last week for a large corporation that's now merging three companies. Um, and they were trying to basically create the analytics roadmap to support the operational division. Right. Um, <clears throat> and we led that offsite and, and it was, you know, it was interesting. I, I intentionally posed a question to start it around um, having everyone because to get out of the, you know, the everyday mindset, especially operational folks, I had to get them to think a little bit differently because we wanted to start sort of with the end in mind and then mm-hmm. work our way backwards because we can't break the business either, to our point earlier. And we need to work them through both halves of that conversation. And so we, it's interesting when I asked them to define a time in their life when they had set um, some sort of quantifiably difficult goal and they had achieved it and to describe a time in the middle when they faced adversity. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, and how they overcame it. It was interesting how hard it was for them to ans- answer the question. Um, and these are like high-level executives. These are very high-level yeah, executives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a hard time with it? That uh, they had a hard time with all three parts. Mm-hmm. So like, some of them were able to get pretty good on the goals. Some of them were able to indicate how they achieved it. Um, it was not easy to do. Some of them maybe would talk about a goal they're currently working on, Right which mm-hmm. isn't actually achieved. Some of them would, and it wasn't bad. The answers were fine. But it, it, by answering, by asking those questions, it was intended to do two things. It was able to um, get them in the right mindset for the meeting, which I think it worked, and everyone left really happy with the success of the meeting, and it was a good good conversation. At the other hand, we, we achieved all our objectives that we laid out at the beginning, which was great. In fact, we did it in less time than everyone thought we'd actually be able to, um, which was good. And then, um, But it actually was also intended to tell me a lot about the leaders and the capacity for change and consideration of some new ideas. And it told me a lot. It actually actually achieved everything that I'd hoped it would and a little bit more, which was great. But um, point being, when beginning to assess how far um, and how much a leadership team is capable of thinking boundaryless and the types of boundaries they're actually capable of considering Mm -hmm. or lack thereof or challenging, 
it really is dependent on that capacity of the leadership team. Um, and I, and, and there's, and the types of leaders you're talking about. Um, and, and many times you get one of, t- you, you typically have one of two types of leaders. You either have folks who are so rooted in the operations, you can't ask them to do much more than incremental improvements, or you have people who are, or tend to be so far fetched. They unfortunately have zero ability to actually ground the, the boundaryless ideas in anything that's actionable, mm-hmm. right? And so they'll speak in platitudes and sort of never make commitments and never follow through. And it's just like, oh my word, this is difficult, well, right? It, so, it you, is so difficult. You get both. And and what I love what you said was one, you know, those opening those opener questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just they're it's story time, but it's a story that tells you of your personal mission, vision, values. That's and, that's, mm-hmm. and and that's yep. kind of what you get. And um, we don't have time to go into it, but I love how you brought up platitudes. They sound good, but it's so frustrating because it's like grabbing Jello because yeah. it just kind of it's what. And for people who understand how you've got to work in actual reality, mm-hmm. real details. Yeah, yeah. No, there's so there's both, and, and it's um, helping teams, you know, find the balance between those two things is, mm-hmm. is what I enjoy the most of of helping them either think a little bit deeper or in many cases usually it's trying to help them think a little bigger a little bit a little bit Absolutely. broader right because they usually get usually it's when i come in it's because teams have gotten stuck you know a little bit for mm-hmm. any number of reasons and when i think of boundaryless you know what does it look like you know we have our mission and mission should seldom change mm-hmm. seldom seldom change the vision can change this mm-hmm. is hey what are our one-year goals two five mm-hmm. that can change and that has mm-hmm. to correspond with reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i see you ask those questions and they should give you answers where hey we're right on spot with our vision or hey maybe we need to change the end point or what are we going to need to do for that to happen mm-hmm. yeah well and i think um one of the things i was along those lines and maybe this is a future podcast by the way i haven't told you this um Ooh, is I like that. um how do we design um Similar to basically twice a year running seasons, mm-hmm. how do we design sort of a base transition and uh, race phase to the business where we can run people, run teams through this idea of like, hey, let's envision in six months when you want to improve your mile time by, t- by 6%, mm-hmm. right, which is incremental improvement. It's not crazy, but it's something most people can deal with. And we're mm-hmm. going to run them through a whole series of things. And you won't even see the improvement until all of a sudden you have your peak race and all of a sudden you I hammer love it, it, right? Oh. And, and that's, uh, that's a whole other series. That might be a book someday, actually. So. Ooh. Right on. Uh, I'll, I'll write the intro to oh, the no, book. I was with Josh when this happened. No, 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 no. You, 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 you got to come along for the ride on that okay. one. That sounds like fun, man. Yeah, yeah I thought Let's that was do a that. Good one. Yeah. But either way, hey, as we, you know, in, in terms of, you know, boundaryless business, yep. you know, we want to continue to evolve, to continue to profit as a business. There are a lot of things that we need to do. Um, and so if, if you're stuck, Hey, reach out to us. You know, it might be a coaching thing. It might be a consulting thing where we need to build what that looks like or help you build what is this desire for your business as you go from three employees to 50 Mm -hmm. or three to 10 or from a $100,000 business a year up to a million dollar business year. What does that look like to scale tenfold? And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to just, hey, how do we do that? Yeah, so we'll talk more about that next week, part Absolutely, two. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, so it's like a couple of things, like thinking about that in terms of different areas. We'll talk about examples of, you know, stretching into other industries or other domain expertise and applying mm-hmm. what we know while also humbly sort of accepting what we don't know and stretching into those different boundaries. 
you know, cultural ones. We'll talk more about the Philippines and your work there, mm-hmm. things like that. So Absolutely. Check well, back good. Well, hey, this has been fun. And until next week, uh, hey, hey, hop onto our website, website theconsultantofthecoach.com, and uh, reach out to Josh or myself. We would love to, love to uh, walk along with you guys as you guys seek to grow your business, grow your family, and uh, really do what God's created you to do. Sounds good. Take okay. care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.